Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. Greetings from South Florida. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. We're live streaming on Jolt Radio in Miami today. The conversation we share this morning aired two weeks ago on May 30, 2018, when we staged our first remote live broadcast from the Caribbean. Exciting! We streamed from Santiago in the Dominican Republic three days after I arrived for my first real-life experience of the island that holds two countries, the Dominican Republic and Haiti. I had the idea for the broadcast when the leaders of the roving arts initiative known as Tilting Axis invited me to join them for the fourth annual gathering of curators, artists, and culture producers working in the region. On the show, we introduce four of the organizers and talk about what will unfold during the 2018 Tilting Axis convening. Contemporary art, community, geopolitics, hurricanes, cultural ecologies, and radical hospitality are just a few of the ideas and experiences that we talk about in the conversation you're about to hear. Good morning. I'm Kathy Bird, and this is Fresh Art International. We are live streaming on Jolt Radio from Centro Leon in Santiago, Dominican Republic. It's very exciting. Welcome to my guest. Hi. Hi. We are gathered here in the Dominican Republic for Tilting Axis, a Caribbean arts initiative founded in 2015 to bridge the geopolitical gap between territories and reconnect them. This is a really important topic to me because as the founder of Fresh Art International, a podcast and radio show based out of Miami, Florida, I work at the intersection of digital media, sound art, and social practice to explore the regions of the world that are not always at the center of attention. I like the center and the fringe. I explore the diverse cultural landscape across the universe, as far as I can go, across six continents. We're on a mini continent right now. Two countries are on this island, the Dominican Republic and Haiti, or Haiti. And we are here to think about what it means to be practicing art, to be producing culture in this region. So let me introduce my guests today. Natalie Urquhart, director and chief curator of the National Gallery of the Cayman Islands. She's a leading authority on Cayman art, president of the Museums Association of the Caribbean, and a core committee member of Tilting Axis. Welcome, Natalie. Wonderful to be here. Annalie Davis is a visual artist. She's also a culture producer. She's involved in so many things. But her own art revolves around issues of post-plantation economies in the cultural landscape of Barbados, where she lives and works. She's founder and director of Fresh Milk. And of course, we love Fresh Milk because it's so compatible with Fresh Art International. <laughs> And we are pleased to 
feature on Fresh Milk's website many of our episodes with Caribbean artists and curators, so please check that out. She also is a co-founder of Tilting Axis, and in a few moments you'll hear from her the genesis of that initiative. Welcome, Annalee. Thank you, Kathy. Great to be here. Sarah Herman, just met this morning. Fantastic energy. She was singing when she met us. She is a visual arts advisor for the Centro Leon and founder of Curando Caribe. And you will hear more about that group today, which is a tremendous curatorial studies program in the Dominican Republic that we consider a great resource that all of you should know about. Thank you, Kathy, and welcome you all to our part of the Caribbean. It's so great to be here. I've been so warmly welcomed before I even arrived. And most welcomed by the next guest I'm going to introduce, Joel Butler. He is the go-to guy. When I left my itinerary with my family, I said the person to call for any reason and all reasons, if you need to know anything of my whereabouts, is Joel Butler. I apologize. I gave them your contact information. <laughs> <laughs> because he is amazing. He's the visual arts curator and exhibitions coordinator at the Centro Leon in Santiago, here in the Dominican Republic, and he is the one that helped me set up my office here <laughs> in the center. He has been engaged in curatorial studies and practices. Curando Caribe is a program that he was involved in. He got his degree from that curatorial studies program. And again, that will be further introduced in this program. But I want to set the stage for our conversation with an audio track from an experimental film from 2017. It was screened at the Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival. The title is After Lamont Young by artist Sandra Vivas, who herself is a diasporan artist. She has had to keep moving in her life because of living in the hurricane zone. That film and that sound reflects in a very poetic, abstract way the struggle of being an artist on a remote island in the Caribbean. Annalie, I would love for you to share the origins of Tilting Axis. I think this is, as I was describing earlier, the little engine that could. <laughs> it's an independent initiative that has done tremendous work. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Normally I would have sitting next to me my partner in crime and fellow soldier with whom I work in the trenches, Holly Bino, who's not able to join us today, but is certainly here in spirit. And Holly and I started, well, we were always hatching plans on the back deck of Fresh Milk and Tilting Axis was one of those plans that we decided to find a way in which we could respond to what could we do to mitigate some of the isolation that we felt as people working on a small island in an archipelago. It felt to us that these Artisat initiatives were really shifting ground in the Caribbean and doing a lot of things to open up opportunities and create possibilities for young people coming up as well. And so I thought it would be interesting to pull together people working in artist-led initiatives so that we could convene in one space on Caribbean soil. So many of the decisions made about the Caribbean happen outside of the region. And I was meeting colleagues in the Brooklyn Museum's elevator or somewhere in London, and I wanted to meet them in the Caribbean. So how could we pull people together? And we thought of tilting access. We think of it as an activist space. So tilting is a verb. It's a call to action. And it requires that people do something. And the axis is this hinge. It's kind of like an archipelagic hinge in the Caribbean that connects all of these spaces together. So Tilting Axis becomes this roving activist platform that functions on Caribbean soil that is a call to action for us to shift ground in this part of the world. Just to give a little bio of Holly, a very significant figure in this initiative. Yes. She's co-founder and director of ARC Magazine and chief curator of the National Art Gallery of the Bahamas. And I know she's listening today, and we want to give her a shout-out. Hello. Hello. Hello, Holly. Get well. If we think about Tilting Axis as an activist platform, that's how I engage myself. And I discovered Tilting Axis the second convening when it happened in Miami. I got wind of it from a curator Andrea Fatona, right. based in Toronto, and I got myself invited because I wanted to find out what is going on, and I think this initiative is huge. So where else has Tilting Axis convened? The first one was at Fresh Milk in Barbados, mm -hmm. and then the second one was with the Prez Art Museum in Miami. So uh, Tobias Ostrander, the chief curator at PAM, and Mario Caro, who was at the time the president of Res Artis, came on to the Tilting Axis core team. And Tobias very generously hosts the second iteration, which is really important because mm -hmm. the Caribbean sits outside of the archipelago. It sits globally. So there is a Caribbean in Miami and Amsterdam and London and Toronto and New York. And so there is a Caribbean community there that he was responding to. So those were the first two. And I, I'll let Natalie maybe speak about the third. Yeah, well, I got involved in Tilting Access at Fresh Milk. Started off with 35 people. And again, I'm from an institution, the National Gallery of the Cayman Islands, was so kind of an unusual person in the room and just really inspired by being in that space. It was a very collegiate environment. Everybody was on the same page. It didn't have that formal conference type feeling which often can be rather than sort of collaborative it can often create different hierarchies. This felt very much a conversation that was really a starting point and a, an inspiring opportunity to grow those networks, meet people doing the same work that you're doing in the region. And it felt like a really good fit for our organization in the Cayman Islands. And one of the reasons that we wanted to host is because we have a relatively young formal art scene. We can feel very isolated over there in the Western Caribbean, saying that it's difficult to hop around the Caribbean anyway. And that's one of the conversations that we'll probably get to and is really at the core of Tilting Axis as well. So we offered to host the third iteration 
again, supported by people like the Perez Art Museum, who have stayed on board as a major sponsor, um, the Davidoff Arts Initiative, British Council at the time, and really bringing these partners together, Res Artistes as well. So it had already grown in Miami. I think there were about 90 people that were at the Perez Art Museum, a wonderful second iteration, and then bringing it back into the region to our National Gallery. It's quite a new building, new space, and it was a really exciting week of conversations, both for our art community, curators and art professionals, and of course, people from around the region and beyond. Yes, and that's when Sarah came. Exactly, and that precise third iteration of uh, Tilting Axis, I was invited and I realized that those were the type of community gathering that we needed. Not only to share our maladies or problems, but to actually look for solutions and share good practices. That was love at first sight. I was in love with the, yes, with the energy. It was mutual. Yes, <laughs> with the energy. And that first day I called Maria Amalia Leon, the director of Centro Leon, and I said, look, we have to do this in the Dominican Republic. We have to find a space to do it somewhere, someday. And now we are here in our fourth iteration in collaboration with Curando Caribe, which is a great honor for us, not only as an institution, but as activists, people that work in the cultural field. Each time you meet, you're talking about a specific theme. I think that's really important. You're not just meeting. You're meeting with a very clear purpose for each conversation. Yeah, the, the first one was called Within and Beyond the Caribbean, and four strands came out of that. We were talking about exhibitions, mobility, residencies and education and that then sort of informed the second iteration at the Perez Art Museum which was called Caribbean Strategies. So yes we have tried to have some kind of focus and we talked quite a bit about cultural policy there and those panels at the Perez Art Museum came out of those four strands from the first iteration. Maybe Natalie can talk a bit about the third, the focus there. So the third, we narrowed the focus a little bit to look at curating in the Caribbean. And again, obviously that ties in so well with the Curando Carib project that Sarah will talk about. We looked at the history of exhibitions in the region. And of course, because we don't necessarily have access to collective archives in the region, it was a great opportunity to start pulling a lot, mining a lot of that information and trying to bring it together into one space. So we looked at different strategies for exhibitions and curating and had a really dynamic panel on archiving the exhibition as well and looking at ways that maybe moving forward we can start to bring this information together. And I think Sarah said something earlier on that was really key to this whole conversation and that was looking for solutions rather than just getting together to look at the problems because there's a lot of challenges that we all face on these small islands. Obviously movement is a major part of that. Tilting access at its core is really about finding strategies, finding solutions and bringing people together. Let's talk about bringing people together. This idea of isolation, how long did it take you to get here, Annalie? Well, it took me, I think, 14 hours and 1,200 US dollars. And that's okay. in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. She lives in Barbados, okay? It took her that much. How about you? Um, about $1,000 and, yeah, went through Miami and, again, had a full day in Miami. So, difficult. Yes, and I was looking at how to get to Port-au-Prince from here, and I saw that the less expensive ticket took me back home, 
to, to Miami. Miami and then back to Port-au-Prince. So if I had time, I could save a lot of money, but who has the time? And I'm thinking about the challenge for artists and curators. Mobility issues are tremendous. I think this digital universe is helping us a lot. We're sitting here in the same room because we've made the trip, the effort, but there are people that are spending 24 hours to get here yeah. because they want to be together and feel supported and you'll do what it takes to do that. But I think it's really important that we think about that and the rest of the world, how to facilitate the movement of the art and culture within the region and outside the region, thinking of the region as an influencer in the world because the diaspora is in the world. I just wanted to say that there are historic reasons for this difficulty of movement yes. because the access to the Caribbean wasn't really designed for us. I mean, the Caribbean wasn't designed for us, period. So you've got daily flights probably from here to Madrid as you do from Barbados to London. It's easier to get to Santo Domingo from Madrid and London to Barbados than it is for me to get to Santo Domingo. It takes me longer to travel within the Caribbean. And so there are those also those colonial divisions that are linguistic that we are pushing against, that we are asserting a certain kind of unity and cohesion within the Caribbean, and that's what Tilting Axis is trying to do. It's insisting that in spite of the Dutch, Spanish, French, English colonial adventures, that actually we don't need to live separately, and the only way for our art practices to move forward is to work collectively and to acknowledge the diversity of those spaces and to work really hard to make sure that we have the presence of that diversity of voices at these iterations. It's huge. And that brings me to Tilting Axis 4. Is this the first Tilting Axis that's bilingual? I believe it is, yes. It's the first Tilting Axis that will be bilingual and we'll be working to have everyone be included in the conversation without having any language restrictions. And that brings us back to the actual theme of this iteration, which is Caribbean culture ecologies, connecting past, presents, and futures. And the whole idea is making these connections. And not only, like Annalie was mentioning, that the, the physical travels, but as well as the connections that we're doing right now, thanks to technology, we can manage. I mean, this would have not been possible without an enormous amount of meetings we've been able to hold thanks to technology. And that's the only way to put something like this together. Absolutely. Several entities are sharing this moment with us. Yes, from the Dominican Republic as hosts, Centro León and Centro Cultural de España, who are responsible for the Curando Caribe program, are acting as hosts, and we will be in Santiago and in Santo Domingo with activities for Tilting Access 4. It's also happening in two cities, so that's been logistically interesting as well. And then uh, <laughs> from all previous iterations, we have, like we've mentioned before, Fresh Milk, we've had Res Artistes, we've had Art Magazine, we have the National Gallery of the Cayman Islands, we have the National Art Gallery of the Bahamas coming in as well. We have Pam from Miami. Miami Davidoff Art Initiative. So it's been amazing. I mean, it's an enormous amount of people and institutions bringing in all the resources for this to happen. And of course, many other people who have been able to fund their travels through other institutions that are helping them get in here as well. So, I mean, we need to thank them as well, because otherwise some of these people would not be able to be joining us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Introduce us to the Curando Caribe. Curando Caribe, it's an initiative that was started in Central America by Centro Cultural de España 
in Central America, mainly in El Salvador. And it started like a program that Juan Sanchez, his director, uh, started to make the artists of the region get in touch with international curators. When Juan Sanchez was moved to the Dominican Republic, we started thinking of what could we do here that could be different. And we did, together decided to make Curando Caribe. But what was that? It was like a hybrid platform that was between space, between art and pedagogy. What could we do here? We could actually teach people that wanted to participate to work with the curatorial as a practice. The curatorial as a way of engaging, as a way of activism and compromise with society and mainly with the Caribbean. I think it's an emotional place because it's not actually a terrain, it's not a land, it's something we have. So we started with this nine-month-long classes with different curators from different parts of the world that cater to the needs of these people that were participating. So it became like a collective experience. It wasn't only like the methodology or the protocols of being a curator, but the construction of meaning from the collective, from the collective experience. And it has been amazing. We have at the moment 25 Alumni, Joel is one of them, and we have been really impressed by their commitment to the cause of the curatorial, which, as I said before, goes beyond the merely working museums or galleries, or it's more like an act of faith on the humanity. It's going to be a pretty exciting days when we are going to have all these people here exchanging with their peers of the Caribbean. It, it's going to be amazing. Curando Caribe is going to continue. It's not something that stops in their third iteration. It's going to continue. It's going to morph into something that actually catered to the needs of the Caribbean cultural community mainly. Like Sarah was saying, when we came to see what we were going to do and how we could join forces with Chilting Access and make this something that was connecting really everyone, we thought about connecting the, the 25 alumni with all of these other professionals from the Caribbean who already have much broader experiences and other different experiences from each one of the territories and see how we can start making these actual connections and start working together instead of knowing what the others are doing and sort of, oh, we maybe it would be interesting if we could connect and do something together and actually start building the bridges and making things happen. And something that Analia said before that I find that is very, very important is about language. Our lingua franca is culture, history, and the Caribbean. That's our lingua franca. The possibility of establishing and building those bridges is what Tilting Access offers. So we are very honored from the Curando Caribe and Centro León perspective of being part of this construction of bridges. I know that these alums from Curando Caribe are here, artists, curators, stakeholders. Who are the stakeholders coming? 
We're all stakeholders now. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. We are all stakeholders. When we think about who's coming in, we're thinking about people that are working in a variety of ways. We're conscious of linguistic areas. We're conscious of gender, of generation, because we want to make sure that we have younger people and older people so that you're in touch with the conversations that are happening at different generations, people that are in the artisan initiatives, curators, formal institutions across the Caribbean, in the diaspora. So I think these are all stakeholders. I think the common identifying factor and stakeholder is somebody who cares about the Caribbean, mm-hmm. right? That this, these are people who are committed to shifting ground. We're not particularly interested in having a gathering of 500 people. We want to have a smaller group of people who are committed to shifting ground. And there's something quite potent that happens when these people are actually in the same space together. I think the Caribbean sits a lot in our creative imagination. And when we have the rare opportunity to be together in the same space, it's electric, or it is for me. And it's like charging my battery. When I come into this, I know that I'm going to be recharged because I'm so stoked by being around people that I respect and admire. So those are the stakeholders, people that are committed to shifting ground. For those of us who are committed to living in the Caribbean as well, those are our primary stakeholders. Other thoughts on that? From a personal perspective, as Annalise says, just the energy that is generated with these conversations and getting back to that word collegiate. You're in an environment that is very different from a lot of formal conferences. It's not a museum director conference. It's not a curator's conference. And I think that's what makes it so special is that as a museum director, I'm speaking directly with artists that are producing work in the region that might be relevant to my space. And one of the takeaways from Tilting Access each year is what's going on for the rest of the year. And I think as a meeting point, it's generated many collaborations. Third Horizon, I mean, we were talking about earlier on. Third Horizon is a film festival based out of Miami. Absolutely. You know, we had a wonderful presentation last year from Jason. What's going on as a result of these connections and these conversations that are generated in each iteration of Tilting Axis? I'd like to add something else here. I want to speak a little bit about the politics of hospitality Mm -hmm. in a region that has a traumatic history that is not known for, we are not expected to take care of each other. And Tilting Axis, for me, it's radical to have hope and it's radical to take care of each other and it's radical to be hospitable and to try and break down national boundaries, specifically now with the rise of populism and what's happening globally. So for me, Tilting Axis is also about this gesture of welcoming and caring and loving the space and taking care of each other. It really pushes back against this traumatic history of exactly not that. Hospitality is a form of resistance. It's one of the strongest forms of resistance that we have, the politics of friendships. We are here together because we have cultivated a friendship. And that's something that you cannot undervalue it. You have to evaluate it in the weight and the importance of this moment that we are living, where hospitality is not a requirement, when hospitality is even a subversion. It's something that you have to establish temporal communities like Tilting Axis and Curando Caribe Dos, is one of the strongest ways of resisting. Temporal roving, willing to move about Mm -hmm. and make us feel at home. I have felt so at home before I arrived and while I've been here. 
everyone has made me feel like I'm meant to be here and that they have something to share with me. Mm -hmm. So I have so many other conversations to share with the listeners in future shows and special episodes, so I really look forward to that. I think it'd be very important now, of course, to talk about what will actually unfold during three days. First of all, we will have a keynote speaker that will look into the recent history of the Dominican Republic as some canon for this decadence that we are living. And her title is Caters and Drag Queens, Dominican DIY. Why cultural ecology? Because we are basing all the discussions on cultural ecologies. Her it's, name is Rita Indiana Hernandez. She is a very well-known young writer from the Dominican Republic. She will address that in her particular way. After that, we will have a panel on culture and nature, from cultural establishments to cultural ecologies. And I will moderate that panel and I will share the stories and the ideas of Michi Marsuaj from Beta Local in Puerto Rico, Giscard Bouchot from Haiti, a curator and filmmaker, and also Nora Naranjo Moores from Santa Fe, New Mexico. And we all address this change from institution to ecology. How can we actually face all the changes that have been happening. We will have also a very interesting event that will happen after every lunch and is based on a Dominican and I think Caribbean, Hispanic Caribbean word that is sobremesa. Sobremesa is what happens when you finish eating. All the most important conversation happen with coffee or a little drink, We will have a sobremesa after lunch with Sandra Vivas, which just heard, and Liz Ragvir. So they will talk about this nomadic element. The overarching theme is Caribbean cultural ecologies, past, presence, and futures, plural, right? So the second panel then is called Institutional, colon, Acting in the Wake of Change. That will be moderated by Mario Caro, and that will include Monica Marin, Jean Marino, and Lupe Alvarez. And then the third panel is called The Future, Where Are We Going? And I'll moderate that, and that will be with Dominican-based Alex Martinez-Suarez, Puerto Rico-based Marina Reyes-Franco, and Scotland-based Claire Feely. There are also these pop-up presentations, which we did from both the Pres Art Museum and the National Gallery of Cayman Islands, and the pop-up is an opportunity for us to see what people are doing in the moment. So like 10-minute presentations by people around the region and the diaspora. And so they'll just pop up. Celine Wendt, who's in Norway, for example. David and Priscilla Hintz-Rivera, Knight, who are in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Kathy, who will be speaking about fresh art. Kristen Chen. Let me just say, while well, we're giving you all these details, because you are going to be able to watch in different ways what's going on over the next few days. Whether or not you're a member or participating here, you can experience these conversations yourself from home. Joelle will give you two sites. 
you can connect through the Tilting Access website to the to see the streaming, tiltingaccess.org. And you can also see the streaming through Centro Leon's website, centroleon.org. So either from other of our websites, you can view the live streams of all the conferences and all the panels and all the pop-ups. If you're not here with us, you can actually tune in and get a sense of what's being discussed. I think that's such an important aspect of Tilting Access if we're talking about networking, growing strategies. And we introduced the live streaming last year in Cayman because there's only so many people these organizations can fit in a room. My organization is much smaller than Centre Leon, but we try and cap it at around 80 people so that we can retain that sense of intimacy. But of course, access is the main point that we're looking at. And so the linguistic translations this year is a fantastic new addition. It's something we've been looking and working towards for a long time. And it's amazing that Central Leon have been able to realize that. But of course, the live streaming is a really critical point to ensure that our colleagues around the region and of course the world can connect and even get engaged by sending questions via Facebook, etc. One of the last things that we'll be doing are what we're calling idea labs. And this has really been a key element of Tilting Access since day one. And this is just a chance to workshop around each of the panels. So doing breakout sessions following the panel discussions to allow time for further discussion with the smaller groups and then presentations back. So I'll be moderating one of those. We've got several colleagues that will be getting involved after each panel. And it's just a way of ensuring that the conversation continues and that we can look at strategies and opportunities directly from the panels with the energy that's just been generated from them. I know there's an important announcement to be made about a new award. Yeah, a new fellowship. So Tilting Axis formed a collaboration initially with the British Council. There was a Tilting Axis Emerging Curatorial Fellowship that was awarded last year to Nicole Smythe-Johnson, who's based in Jamaica. And that facilitated her moving through a number of Scottish cultural institutions and artist-led spaces in Grenada, Suriname, Barbados, and Puerto Rico, which interestingly formed the basis of her PhD application, and she's now going to be going to take up her PhD in Texas. And then we formed a relationship with the University of Texas at Austin with Lise Ragbeer, who's coming in. She will be announcing on Friday who the next Tilting Axis Fellow will be, and they will take up their post at the University of Texas at Austin to explore a number of collections there. So that'll be very exciting. Talking about the schedule as well, one of the things that isn't in the formal discussion element of it is we're coming in to Santiago and Santo Domingo. It's the first time for me. I've been wanting to come to Centro Leon for many years and, and see what this amazing space is doing. But of course, we're excited as well about learning more about the cities that we're in, having the hospitality that Sarah's talking about in terms of food, culture, art. So that's a major element of Tilting Access each year. The attending delegates really engage and immerse themselves in the cultural environments of our host countries. I just wanted to ask, maybe Joelle could say something about the banner image, which is by a Dominican artist. And I came here first time in 92, which is where I met Sarah at the first biennial at the Museum of Modern Art. And I met Tony there. And we have his image, the Garden of Eden, as the banner and the main image for Tilting Axis. So Joelle, could you say a bit about that? When she says banner, she's talking about tiltingaxis.org. The yes. website has a gorgeous installation piece on the cover page, and that's what Joelle will 
introduce us to. Like Kathy was saying, if you visit TiltingAccess.org, the image you see at the top of the website is an installation by Dominican artist Tony Capellan, who sadly passed away last year. And it just made sense to pay homage to his work because he was very, very interesting in looking at the Caribbean Sea, which was his main source of materials and the later work that he did. Tony did a lot of installation pieces with materials that he would reclaim from the Caribbean Sea and what other people would think of as garbage and turn it into these magnificent masterpiece works that he would make with them. He would have these expeditions to go pick up materials and then sort of them by color, by materials, and start making these installations. The one you see on the cover is titled Garden of Eden. He also has very other pieces that you might have seen and or that you will find easily online. One of them is called Mar Caribe, which is made out of the soles of flip-flops, most of them blue flip-flops, that talk to us about migration and through the Caribbean Sea. Tony was very set on making us look at what we were putting into the Caribbean Sea and what we were getting out of it. It's a very powerful piece to see. It is a photograph. Having seen that in person was severely mind-blowing, but the image is a very powerful image, so I think everyone can get a very good sense of what the piece was like. Another thing that I think is important to point out is that most of our relationships with the Caribbean artists, institutions, and curators came through Tony. Tony opened a door for the contemporary Caribbean to the Dominican Republic that was fundamental for our events having place right now. This culture center right here, the Centro Leon, has exhibitions, public art, events. The schedule of programming you have is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, last night they had opera here and they have a gathering of individuals that love the opera and they're going to the Met this year and it's super exciting to see how they're coming together to have experiences that might not readily happen here in Santiago. Yeah, that is true. Let's go back a bit and touch up on some brief history. Centro León was founded in 2003. There came a need for Centro León to come together because since 1964, the León family business, La Aurora, the cigar manufacturer, started a yearly art contest where the prizes would be acquisition prizes, so they started a collection. And then the first time the contest was held, the founder of the contest, one of the siblings of the León Asensio family, said premonition that at some point in time there was going to be a need for a place for to hold this collection. So for the 100th anniversary of the group of the business, they opened Centro León to hold this collection. When word started coming out that the León family was putting Centro León together, many donors came in and started offering pieces. They had archaeological pieces, ethnographical collections. So it started being more than just an art collection. Everything started to pick up and build up into a much more complex museum. But there was a very definite want and need that it would not just be a museum but more of a cultural center with a lot of an activities program to bring in the audiences and to engage with the audiences in the communities around Centro León and around the country. From that on, we have a very dense activity program, as Kathy mentioned, that ranges from live concerts and film screenings. There's a cinema club, there's the opera club. We have 
exhibitions, of course, there are three permanent exhibitions, one for archaeological and ethnographical collections, one for our visual arts collection, and one that talks about the history of the Leon family and how we came from the tobacco fields to this cultural center. Recently, last week, we just opened a big exhibition on Rosa Dalia Garcia, female artist from Santiago who's been producing heavily since the 60s, and we have this first big scale It's not fully a retrospective, although it has a certain retrospective character to it. And this exhibition is open also to the public. Just to give you an example of one of the activities, we're going to have a concert screening from a Dominican bachata artist. And that's going to be open for all of the, or the people who are visiting Tilting Access to just stay in after the events on Friday and be a part of that as well. Which is a special music from the Dominican Which Republic. Which is, yeah, bachata mm -hmm. is, is one of the rhythms that is typical from the Dominican Republic. And going to Santo Domingo on Saturday, we'll be experiencing the Zona Colonial. Yes, on Saturday we will be holding our conferences and panels at Centro Cultural de España in Santo Domingo, which is our partner institution for Curando Caribe and obviously for this iteration of Tilting Axis as well. And after our half day of panels and, and conferences, we will be walking around the colonial zone and we'll be getting to see two art exhibitions as well as getting to see the, the local monuments and getting a sense of our colonial city. There's a main difference in between the two cities that will be appreciated, I hope, for all the group. Santiago is a Republican city and Santo Domingo is more of a colonial one. So you can actually look at the development of our political history through that. And it's going to be very interesting for them to get a sense of how we are as a country. Absolutely. I did feel that just traveling between the two already. I've, I've had that privilege. One of the things I wanted to add in as a past host was it, it really is a chance to showcase to regional colleagues and global colleagues because there's always an, a global element to our delegates list every year, really what's happening in your country at that moment. Even though we are more collaborative through social media and the digital realm, there's nothing quite like coming to a country, visiting artist studios, going to their museums. As a past host, encouraging other countries and other institutions or cultural spaces. Again, it doesn't, you know, it started off with fresh milk, tiny space, artist-led space that Annalie has created this regional conversation from, global conversation from. Get involved. It's a wonderful chance to showcase what's happening in your country. Thanks. So, gosh, I have so many different things that I want to say at this very moment. It would be remiss of us, I think, talking about an ecology not to acknowledge the impact of the hurricanes that hit the Caribbean last September 6th and 19th, Irma and Maria. And I think that the Artisat Initiatives and Tilting Axis is trying to create a new ecology, but we can't pretend that that reality isn't there. It's not normal anymore, and there's something new that's happening, and we have to think about some of the decisions that are being made in these spaces that have been ravaged by the hurricane, and what does the future ecology look like in there in terms of developers and ideas about reshaping those spaces and not entirely thinking about the agency of people and creatives on the ground. So that's something I think is going to come up in a lot of the conversations. I also wanted to pull a thread between Joelle's comment about from tobacco fields to Centro Leon, because that made me think about fresh milk as coming out of sugarcane fields to a cultural space. And those tobacco fields and sugarcane fields never imagined that we would be sitting here in 2018 at Centro Leon across linguistic boundaries and forming solid, cohesive 
alliances and allegiances to create safe cultural spaces that are open to everybody. And it's also fun. I really love Tilting Axis. We have so much fun when we come here. And I'm so happy to have this alliance with Joelle and Sara and all of the support from Centro Leon and Centro Cultural de España. And I'm so looking forward to seeing everybody. And I'm so happy, Kathy, that you've created this venue for us. But it's so much fun. We want to think about shaping our own future. This is what these conversations are helping us to do. I am thrilled to be here, I have to say. And I hope that there will be other invitations <laughs> to be part of this conversation because it's what I love to do. I'm just as passionate as you are about the region and even though I don't live there, I live there in my mind. As you said, there's the cultural imaginary, but there's also the cultural reality. I was just in Dakar. There are many similarities in the sense of isolation there and those communities. And they're the source of the diaspora, you know, the slave coast. I was there. I saw artists responding to that, and I had conversations about that. There was a curator, Marisol Rodriguez, who had a project with artists from the hurricane zone in Dakar. And the venues didn't have Wi-Fi. Some of them didn't have electricity. That is something that needs to be addressed, the disparities, the inequities that are addressed by engagement like this that brings people together and looking for solutions, as you said, looking for ways to collaborate. And that is happening. I see it happening. Mm -hmm. I've used the network that I gained through Tilting Access to connect with people in Gone Fall, mm -hmm. in Dakar, and other curators. Giscard Bouchot is going to be my host in Port-au-Prince this week. Mm -hmm. All of this because of Tilting Axis. Mm -hmm. So it's an amazing family, the hospitality and the family of very bright people that are engaging in very creative ways at all levels and not just looking at yourself, as you said, Sarah, as a curator in an institution, but as a culture producer and a cultural instigator, mm -hmm. a He's cultural activist, like that, yeah. an advocate, and most of all, just acknowledging the importance of the diverse cultural landscape that we live in. Mm -hmm. So I am honored to be part of this, and I want to let everyone know that's listening that you can visit freshartinternational.com to learn more and hear other conversations about contemporary creativity in the Caribbean. <laughs> we invite you to subscribe, rate, and review Fresh Art International anywhere you go for podcasts. It means a lot to be here. It means a lot that you're listening. And thanks to followers like you, we've been sharing conversations like this since 2011. I look forward to many more. If you go to freshartinternational.com, there is a red support button, and I encourage you to click on it and give what you can to support our stories. Before I go, I just want to thank everyone here for joining me today. Thank you. Thank and hail out to Tobias Ostrander, Mario Caro, and Holly Bino, who are part of this, but not yes. physically here with us today. Absolutely. Yes. Be sure to tune in to tiltingaccess.org, centroleon.org. And it's Centroleon is spelled C-E-N-T-R-O-L-E-O-N dot org.
Tilting axis is like it sounds, T-I-L-T-I-N-G-A-X-I-S dot org. We look forward to sharing all the adventures we're having this week with you in the digital universe. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.